0: Okay, welcome back to your ex-boyfriend's podcast. This is episode nine, and I'm having a hard time believing that this is coming up on, shoot, I'm over two months already into this podcast, one episode a week. Just want to take a minute and say thank you to everybody who's still listening and everybody who's, who's uh, reached out and given me comments or feedback of any kind. I appreciate that a lot, and I hope that everybody who's listening now continues to keep listening. I'm enjoying doing this, and I hope that you are enjoying listening. So first thing we'll do is old business. Big news, everyone. Apple Podcasts is a go. Boom. We're on Apple Podcasts. It took forever which I apologize for. But we're out there now. It's on the uh, iTunes app or whatever it is that you use. That's part of the problem. I don't actually ever use Apple products. So getting it set up was a pain in the butt. I had to download iTunes onto my computer and create an account. And actually like register a payment method. It Just this whole freaking process. It was a bummer. But all that's over. We've made it through the storm. Here we are. So, if you want to listen to your ex-boyfriend's podcast on Apple Podcasts, or you know anybody who's, you know, really only listens to anything ever on Apple products itunes let them know that they can listen to this now we can grow the listener base in other news please feel free to reach out if you want to be on the podcast if you want to have a conversation with me uh one of my good friends reached out after the last episode on purpose and he had a lot of good stuff to say we had a conversation a brief conversation But determined that he should be a guest on a future episode. Hopefully we can get him uh, relatively soon. Because I think that's going to be a good episode. Hopefully we'll have a good conversation. I'm sure we will. And just wanted to let everybody know that it's possible. If you want to be a guest. If you feel like you want a platform. You have anything that you feel needs to be said. Discussed. Please let me know, and I'm sure we could work something out. So this week, episode nine, is follow the money. I'm sure everybody's heard that phrase before. Follow the money. We're going to be talking about uh, critical thinking. Specifically, this topic came up the other day at at work. Well, the other night, I should say. (laughs) The other night at work um i was talking with one of my coworkers while we were you know doing whatever we were doing something that didn't take a whole lot of brain power so we had a lot of time to discuss we were talking about the lack of critical thinking that kind of exists in general in this country it seems to have permeated The collective consciousness you see the lack of critical thinking i think on a daily basis and it may not it may not be something that you automatically can identify can recognize because it's so common it is extremely common for people in this country to accept what they're told, um, allow themselves to be spoon fed information, go with the group, um, toe the line, et cetera. We were specifically talking in this situation. I think it was about work cause we're having, we're, ha- we're having some issues at work, but between, um, management and labor. And I'll just leave it at that for now. Just because I don't want to get into too much detail about, you know, what's going on in that climate. But it got us discussing the fact that our leaders, our management, and yes, by the way, I know those two terms are not synonymous. Those are two very different things. And, I, I believe that's a whole episode on the difference between leadership and management and what it actually means to be a good leader. But I digress. Uh, w- yeah, so we're talking about how our our management team often does not seem to be entirely truthful or or they seem to have an ulterior motive behind a lot of communication that we get. And historically, in our department, there's been a lot of people that allow themselves to just be spoon-fed information. They don't ask questions. They don't think about what they're being told or what they're being asked to do. And it has led to an environment in which certain people higher up the chain have gotten to the point of assuming that every everything they say, anything they do, will be um blindly followed or I should say anything they say will be blindly followed anything they do will go unquestioned and and there's uh plenty of people now in my department and all of them newer that don't operate like that and are unwilling to continue that trend so all that combined has led to you know just this conversation he and I were having the other night um, it went from our job to the American people in general. You see the lack of critical thinking a lot when it comes to the current political situation that we have in this country. That is obviously a huge issue that requires... A lot more time, I think, than we have in one episode. If we're just going to talk about the political climate (laughs) and how it's gotten to this point. But just in a very simple way, you see people having the assumption that their government, their elected representatives, or their church or any, any special interest organization that they're a part of, you see people assume that those groups, those entities have their best individual interest in mind. And I think sometimes, less often times, that may be true. But the majority of times, I would argue that that's definitely not true. (laughs) And it's an argument that I've had many times over the years with many people. Basically, the idea that if you think that and this especially comes to government because it's something we can all relate to since we all live and and operate under the same government if you think that the government exists to look out for you you're tripping <laughs> that's that's not how it works <laughs> you you see the you know um polarization the red and blue in the country right and the funny thing is the people who are hardcore on either side doesn't matter which they feel like the other side is the worst thing ever the other side is the devil but their side totally chill totally on board looking out for them completely false like I can't even stress how false that is the government the elected officials look out for themselves people in power are afraid to lose power and if you think that their primary concern is to look out for you because it's the right thing to do that's pretty naive they might do stuff that does benefit you. But at the end of the day, it's because benefiting you means you vote for them. Benefiting you allows them to consolidate whatever it is that they're looking for, power or money or influence. So we got to talking about all that. The willingness to be spoon-fed, the willingness to... Not think critically. I came to the conclusion that, um, and you know, I'm laughing just because, of course, I came to this conclusion thinking critically takes hard work. Big surprise. It's stressful. It is an uphill climb to continuously have to be. On the lookout for new information, for conflicting information, to then analyze it, to have it challenge your own viewpoints, and then to possibly adopt a different opinion based on the information that you got, or possibly have to defend your existing opinion against new arguments. All of that takes if you do it consistently and you do it justification like 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 you actually give a shit it's upsetting and i don't mean like oh man i'm i'm sad or i'm i'm angry although both of those things both of those emotions are i think occur naturally when you're doing this but upsetting in the sense that it jostles your status quo. You, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable in, in your opinions to think critically. Uh, there's a quote by Adrian Rich who said, Responsibility to yourself means refusing to let others do your thinking, talking, and naming for you. It means learning to respect and use your own brains and instincts Hence, grappling with hard work. Thank you, Adrian Rich. That's exactly what I'm saying. You are obligated to, I guess, understand things as they are. And I think the majority of people are willing to forego that obligation. I don't think that's right if you want to make your decisions, if you want to base your opinions based on, you know, half-truths and spin and, you know, these carefully doctored messages that we get from various entities, government, church, financial institutions, our jobs, even other people in in our daily lives, if you want to, like I said, base your opinions off of off of those things you're doing your dis- I'm sorry you're doing yourself and everyone else a disservice I believe that if we're trying to be good people we owe it to ourselves and to our community to think critically and base our decisions our thoughts our actions on the facts The hard facts. That being said, I think it's natural. And I think I get why people don't do that. For one, it's easier to not think. You know, I think it was one of those dystopian novels that we all read in high school. Like 1984 or uh, A Brave New World. One of those two, there was this idea of, I think it was called thought crime. I think that was 1984. Um, It's easier and safer to go with what you're told, to be a part of the group, to stay with the herd. If you look at animals, if you stray from the herd, you die. The weak that fall to the back or the dumb that accidentally stray from the group, those are the ones that the predators pick off and eat. (laughs) So seeing as humans are animals, it's natural to want to be a part of the group. It feels safe. And historically, it was safer. To not remove yourself from the pack meant safety. Not only now does it mean safety, but the fact that we can actually think and reason, the fact that we have emotions, means that being a part of the group gives us a feeling of belonging. It feels nice. It feels comforting to be a part of a group in which you can know that the people next to you Believe and value the same things that you do. You're safe in that way. You're safe in your thoughts and you're safe in your, you know, sometimes these very, uh, deep held beliefs, deeply held struggling with the English language, having that reassurance that you're right, that you're not making a mistake. You know, that's something I think that everybody wants to feel the, uh, the emotion of, of not questioning whether you're making the right decision or not. And I, I think everybody's felt that nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to have the fact that they've messed up thrown in their face at any point. We want the comfort of being right essentially acting correctly acting in line with our values and if you have everybody around you telling you yeah you're good man that's what we believe too you're totally right you get confirmation you get validated and it feels good i think people chase that and understandably so And then on top of all that humans are creatures of habit. I think all animals really are creatures of habit. We're no exception. We we go with what we're taught. What we've always done. You see that I think on a daily basis and we've all heard that phrase it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. People get into habits. And I don't want to say ruts because a rut I think has a negative connotation. But that's an apt word for the, for the for what I'm talking about. You get in a rut, it's hard to get out. That's the point of the rut cuz everybody's gone in that exact same track. Once you fall on the track, it's a pain in the ass to get out. It means your wagon is rocking all over the place and you're rolling over rocks and shit. If you get in the rut, it's smooth sailing, baby. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's all sorts of reasons why humans want to be grouped up. And they don't want to question or feel like they have to question or have their beliefs challenged. If you couple that, which I think is a very natural human condition, you couple that with the fact that our educational system, the way our society operates, teaches uh, teaches us to memorize, regurgitate, recite just information that were spoon fed you end up with I think kind of a recipe for disaster. We're not taught how to think critically in a lot of cases. Now, I'm not saying that that there aren't there aren't school systems out there um regionally that are doing a a great job. Of course, they exist somewhere. And having only been a product of public school, I have no idea what it's like in private school. Maybe that's a lot more common. Maybe that's why people send their children to private school or one of the reasons. I don't know. But from what I have experienced and from what I've gleaned from other people, for the majority of us, that's not really something, I should say, the skill of critical thinking is not something that we're taught. It's kind of something that if you find yourself thinking about how to think critically or how to you know, change, how to be better at discerning what's right and what's wrong, the facts from the fiction, you're, you're going to end up doing it yourself. Or you're going to end up reading, you know, books that other people who've done it wrote. Or you're going to end up listening to a podcast. (laughs) So you look at one of the first things is why are we being led down this primrose path? Why aren't we being taught to think critically? Why do the people in power not want us to do this? I think I mentioned that at the beginning of this podcast people in power are afraid to lose it. I don't think that's any secret. People who don't think critically are easy to manipulate. Have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy? I would recommend it. If you have, you know what I'm talking about. There's actually a great current example of what you see uh, in American politics right now, and and just as a disclaimer, you know, with this whole podcast, I don't I don't claim to be an expert on anything, and anything that I say, I highly encourage anybody who's listening to challenge. If you think that I'm wrong, if you think that I'm missing something that I don't have a full grasp on the situation, please let me know. I will absolutely give you the time of day. We'll talk about it. And then maybe I change my mind. That's kind of the whole point. Being able to change your mind is a good thing. And we'll talk about it on another episode of the podcast. So that being the disclaimer, specifically because of the topic I'm about to touch on. In this country, there has been a decades-long argument about abortion, about the right for a woman who's pregnant to terminate the pregnancy before birth. I'm not going to go into what I believe, what my opinion is, because what I'm trying to say here really has nothing to do with my opinion on whether abortion is is right or wrong for those of you who know me you you already know what i think um and it really has no bearing on this because what i think the facts are are this anti-abortion laws that you see popping up throughout the decades In different, uh, not countries, different states. Most recently, we have that freaking medieval abortion law in Texas. Those laws have nothing to do with protecting unborn babies. That's the party line. We are saving lives, right? We're protecting children's lives. In reality, I think it's more along the lines of babies equal mothers who can't work. Babies equal mothers who make less money, who can't go to school, who have to concentrate on childcare. And the more babies you have, the greater financial strain you are placed under. More babies equal poverty. And poverty equals less educated, less agency, less upward mobility. When you have a group of people who lack those things, who lack education, who lack access to education, who lack good-paying jobs, who lack the information to even find these things. You have a less educated population. They're easier to control. And people who are easier to control vote how you tell them to vote. They're afraid when you tell them to be afraid. Abortion has nothing to do with saving lives. It is literally only about staying in power. If you disagree with me, like I said, please reach out and we'll have a conversation. But what I hope is that my take on that may be Reaches some people out there. Maybe opens some eyes. And by all means, let's talk about it. So, manipulation. I think that is why, in general, people are not taught to think critically. Critical thinking has to be introduced and reinforced and nurtured in the population if it's going to be something that we start to do. And I think specifically, you know, you have to start doing this at a young age. You have to introduce your children. You have to introduce your students to this idea. I credit my parents, I think, with doing a pretty good job of teaching me and my two sisters to think critically, to ask questions, to not take anything on blind faith. I can only speak for myself in this situation, but I think my parents' teachings, how they, they raise me in that regard, directly, you, you can follow that in a straight line to me not following any sort of um, religious faith. I remember being, I think I was like 14 or 15. I think I was 15. I had just started high school. And I just remember having this you know, thought in class one day. I think I was like in astronomy class or something. I'm just like, man, this makes way more sense than going to church, than than any religion I had been introduced to, I'm like I I cannot just accept things told to me without evidence, without proof. I don't do that in any aspect of my life, and and this is me thinking, you know, at at the age of 15 or whatever, I don't I don't accept anything else without proof. Why would I accept any sort of religion without proof? And I know that that goes, that's entirely contradictory to what, to to, to how uh, religion has been described to me. You know, you always hear the faith thing. It's not about proof. It's about believing, believing specifically without proof. And hearing that and then seeing how, on an everyday scale, people, mortal people, who do that same thing, who try to assert without evidence, are generally not great people, led me to the idea that I can't accept it from any deity if I can't accept it from the people in my life (laughs) and basically I got I got to the point of if it can be asserted without evidence it can be dismissed without evidence and I dismissed it I don't know if that was too much about me (laughs) I kind of went off on a tangent there but uh, let's see what was I talking about oh yeah So you have to introduce critical thinking at an early age and have your young people understand that there are questions that should be asked, Um, specifically in relation to the title of this episode. Where's the money flowing? (laughs) Who does this benefit? Where's the money going? How did we get here? What are the strengths and weaknesses of this argument? Why do we need this? When did it start? Who does it affect? Who's perpetrating it? Where did we get this idea? Um, Where is it currently happening in America or in the world? Why do we have to have this conversation in the first place? So many questions. And that's part of the thing that I think is daunting about critical thinking there are so many questions that need to be asked for you to get the truth for the facts to come to light it's hard work it takes time just like everything that's everything that we've talked about it takes time and work and it's hard but it's worthwhile and speaking of all these questions that, that do get asked, I'm actually going to post on the podcast Instagram account, I'm going to post a uh, infographic that has a lot of these questions, um, kind of a quick and dirty guide to critical thinking. Um, yeah, take a look at that because I, I think it it's definitely worth a read. It's quick, and it definitely helps you think you know, next time you're, you're faced with an issue that, that you, you know, are given some thought, ask some of these questions if you haven't before and, and see where it leads you. Um, I think at the end of the day, coincidence is rare. It's possible, but it's rare. Most of the time, things happen for a reason. And you're being told things for a reason. You're being guided and manipulated for a reason. And not only, you know, because this 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 podcast isn't all about um, external issues, right? We've discussed mostly internal issues. This idea of critical thinking applies to everything that we've discussed already and the fact of the matter is analyzing yourself is a real bitch (laughs) asking yourself these hard questions is a pain in the ass like why do i behave this way why do i think this way who taught me this reaction where did i learn this pattern When did I realize that I was having a problem? What do I want to do about it? And how do I even do that? (sighs) Yeah. And like we've said before, it's way easier to go with the flow. And when it comes to yourself, I feel like going with the flow, not asking questions, means... Just doing what you've been doing because it's comfortable. Continuing the cycles that you're already in because they're easy. Continue to eat too much, get too little sleep, watch too much porn. Um, Continue to have unfulfilling relationships and half-ass your job and watch TV and play video games and masturbate and, and continue to find those easy avenues for temporary pleasure. That's going with the flow. Buy the next thing. Download the next viral video. Sign up for TikTok. Judge yourself based on what other people are doing. Vote how we tell you. Spend more money. That's what we're told, and that's what our society tells us is easy and pleasurable. Everything else is hard work. You know that, and I know that. We also know that it's the right thing to do. We know that it's worth it. Critical thinking is vital to all the work we've talked about. You know, it. I think in another way of saying it, critical thinking is sort of like the turning off the autopilot issue that we discussed in episode two. They go hand in hand. You realize what you're doing isn't working and that's the point at which you have to start thinking about what it is you should be doing. As usual, I'm going to leave you with, I think, one of the better quotes I've come across. This is Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. To think incisively and to think for oneself is very difficult. We're prone to let our mental life become invaded by legions of half-truths, prejudices, and propaganda. At this point, I often wonder whether or not education is fulfilling its purpose a great majority of the so-called educated people do not think logically or scientifically even the press the classroom the platform and the pulpit in many instances do not give us objective and unbiased truth to save man from the morass of propaganda in my opinion is one of the chief aims of education Education must enable one to sift and weigh evidence, to discern the true from the false, and the real from the unreal, and the facts from the fiction. The function of education, therefore, is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. If we don't make it a priority for our children, and the next, the the following generations, to think critically, to, as M.L.K. put it, think incisively and think for oneself. I feel like we're headed towards that idiocracy. And you know, it it actually reminds me of something I heard recently on a podcast i don't even remember what i was listening to but they were saying who knows if this is true but it definitely was worth worth thinking about he was saying that TikTok, that viral video app that has invaded every corner of our society he was saying and and this is true this first part that it was made in china that that's not a secret it was made in china and pushed very heavily in the American market. What they were saying on the podcast was that the TikTok algorithm that decides what videos get pushed to the forefront of everybody's feeds, what we see, what's popular, the algorithm functions differently in America and, and probably other parts of the world than it does in China. In America, the algorithm Makes these stupid dances and people singing along to dumb songs and just in general, like random bullshit popular. That's what it's pushing. It's telling America and specifically children, because as we all know, children are the primary users of apps like these. It's telling them that if they do some stupid dance, on the internet, that's what we value. That's what people in America value. That's how you'll achieve fame and popularity. This is in direct contradiction to what the algorithm on TikTok pushes in China. In China, the algorithm puts these children who are doing experiments and achieving things on an academic level and inventing and doing well for their country and for their community, it pushes them to the forefront. That's who children in China get to see on a daily basis, is their peers doing shit that matters. Um, not to say that China doesn't have its own agenda. We all know that the government in China is, you know, of propaganda and, and you know self-serving missions it's th- that's I think a universal truth for government but if you're trying to get your next generation of adults to be successful and do the best that they can for themselves for their communities for their country showing them how to do that is the route. And if you want your if you want your competitors to suffer, teach their children that it's more valuable to be funny and famous. To teach them that these frivolous acts mean anything which they don't. But granted, I just heard that, you know, from a podcast and I did no fact checking. (laughs) It's just something to think about. And to me, I think that that sounds very plausible. It would make sense. Um, So think about it. Let's do some critical thinking about that. And maybe on episode 10, we'll have some old business. And I have more to say on that topic after I've done my (laughs) research. Uh, okay so with that i'm gonna wrap it up as a reminder your ex-boyfriend's podcast can be heard on spotify amazon music google podcasts apple podcasts hooray and of course the podbean website on any web browser you can go to Podbean, podbean com, and you can listen to this podcast if you have any comments, concerns, ideas, or you want to be a guest on a future episode, please reach out to me. Uh, my email is podcast at gmail.com. Um, and then I have an Instagram, which is your underscore xbf, e-x-b-f underscore podcast. Please reach out to me and i'm always down to have a conversation i'm always interested in what my listeners have to say so until next sunday get out there question what's going on think critically follow the money take care